Hi everybody and welcome to From the Mezzanine. I'm your host, Lindsay Stone, and let's get into this week's episode. How's everybody doing? I um, am literally bursting from the seams because I have got the most incredible, unexpected, exciting news for you guys that I've been withholding from my FTM listeners and honestly a lot of people and uh, it has been a very emotional week but here we are and I'm now finally ready to tell you guys the news that I have just been holding on to and ruminating on and now it's officially official so guys guess what your girl is moving to New York City. Ah! <laughs> I hardly can't even believe my own words. Like, I don't even know where to begin to tell you guys how this has all been happening in the background. But I I have chills. Like, I can't believe it. I'm doing what I always thought I would do. <laughs> and I'm moving to New York and I, I guess I should just start at the very beginning and tell you guys how I got to this point. So y'all know, like I have been, I think six, five or six times now in the span of like a year and a half. Um, I love this city. I went for the first time like a year and a half ago. And ever since then, it's just been calling me back and calling me back. Every few weeks, let's be honest, I just get a hunch and I'm like, I need to go back or there's a show that I need to see. And it's just the place for me and it's where I need to be. So I knew within five years that I would be there. I always said like, okay, we'll be able to afford a decent lifestyle there. Uh, we won't be living in squalor by that time because we'll have a lot of savings and, and just be able to be more established in our careers and everything. But then probably about six months ago, um, I brought it up to my boyfriend who I live with currently and I said, what if, what if we try to make the move this summer whenever our lease is up? And at first he kind of said no. And I was like, oh, I, I want you to think about it. Like really think about it, put some thought into it and tell me if you really think it's a bad idea. I'm happy to go along with that because that wasn't our plan. But think about the fact that we are young in our careers. However, we're also at a point in our careers where we kind of have an opening to make this move. We don't own a whole lot of things where we currently are. We can sell what we have. And we just don't feel altogether connected where we are. I love Texas. This is my home. I love where we are. I had the most incredible job that is one of the hardest things to leave. But at the same time, is that all too big to stop us from making this move? And at the end of the day, the answer was no. Let's try. So I really dipped my toe into it and I started looking at jobs because we made the decision, okay, by mid-June, I don't have a job, forget it, we're staying here and we're finding another place to live here. And so that was kind of the plan and then all of a sudden, right off the bat, whenever I started applying, I immediately was getting interviews. It all fell into place so easily. I interviewed at like less than a handful of places, just a few places and the most incredible opportunity was presented to me in the field that I currently work in, which is not Broadway. I'm a business girl during the day and a theater nerd at night. So um, the most incredible opportunity came to me and 
And all the other places that I interviewed, I just wasn't 100% invested in them and confident enough to make the decision, okay, I will move to New York City with this job. None of the others just had that feeling. I didn't connect as well with the team or a really huge part is the pay, to be honest with you, because we need, we have a little family, we have a dog that we need to take care of, and we just need to be able to make sure that we can sustain some semblance of a lifestyle in New York. And none of the other jobs would have really presented that so well. But guys, I got the job, the best opportunity that was presented to me. It was the very first one that I interviewed for, which blows my mind. I was like, what if I get the first job that I interview for? That would be insane, right? Well, I freaking did it. And I'm so excited. I'm so happy. So that's sort of how I got to this point. I'm literally heartbroken to be leaving Fort Worth, but at the same time, it's still settling in that this is my future. I'm going to be a New York City girly through and through and like, oh my God, I just can't even, I can't even begin to believe it. I know it's going to be different. It's not going to be a vacation every single day, but I can't wait. Like I'm smiling ear to ear. I'm so excited. I'm, I just can't believe it. So what this means for FTM in these coming months is that y'all are going to have to have some grace with me for sure, because to be honest, this week was one of the hardest weeks I've ever had to go through. Notifying my employer that I would be leaving just shattered my heart into a million pieces. And then all of the stresses about, okay, got the job. Where do I live? Right? So I, I don't want to speak too soon, but I think I've got that box checked off of the list, which is incredible. Um, Like already, I haven't gone to tour it in person, tour our apartment, but I think that box is checked. Um, It's not officially official, but it's like 99% official. Everything, everything, everything has fallen into place so simply and so easily that I'm like, am I being pranked? Is this a scam? I know that it's not. I know that it's not. And uh, it just feels so right. And I've been saying for months now, I feel like there is a string connected to my heart and it ends in New York City and I'm just being pulled. I'm being pulled there. And I'm finally going to be there. Like, I just can't believe it. So circle back. What this means for FTM is that These next few weeks are going to be really difficult for me to be producing this show. However, duh, I've got to. This is my passion. This is my outlet. And my listeners are my friends. And I've got to keep pumping out these shows for y'all. So it certainly doesn't mean the end of FTM by any means. It just means we might have some weeks where we just focus on Broadway news. We might have some uh, two-parters or something like that. That way I can just have plenty of time to devote to moving across the country and still sustaining this podcast. But what it means for the future of FTM is that this show is about to get a hell of a lot better, which I'm so excited for. It means, like I said, I'm working in Midtown. I am literally neighbors with the Gershwin Theater. So I have a million and one plans for what I'm going to do once I get in New York City and how I foresee this show just flourishing there. And 
It'll mean I'm going to get to go and give y'all the inside scoop on so many more shows. I've only gotten to see a handful of shows that are on stage right now whenever we go and visit, you know, and I keep seeing Moulin Rouge over and over again, so sorry. But once I'm there, I'm going to be able to see everything and we're going to get to talk about it in so much depth here on FTM. So that's the really exciting part of this equation. You'll have to bear with me for these next few weeks while I'm moving. Don't worry. You're still going to have an ep out every single Tuesday. You'll get to hear my beautiful voice. So don't you worry about that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a minor pullback and then a major, major push once I get there. So do not worry. FTM is not going anywhere. It's only getting stronger. But in these moments, while we are kind of under construction and there's so much going on and I'm just one girl who can only do so much. Ah, I just can't even believe it. I wanted to tell you guys and like I keep talking about it, like Alex said just last week in the episode we had to cut it out. But I was like, oh, well, if only I had the opportunity to be in Broadway for like three weeks, I would be able to see every show and da 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 da. And she was like, OMG, you're going to get to do that. I was like, I know, but we have to cut that out because I haven't told anybody yet. So big news, big surprise, FTM is moving to New York City. Yeah, it might mean a little bit more street noise in the background, but hey, that's just the NYC ambiance that you look for in your theater podcast, right? Right? So that wraps up my life update, guys. Um, Thank you for listening. Please continue to listen because we're still going to be bringing you Broadway grosses and news, and I'll definitely, don't worry, I will do story from the stages when I can since we've already knock on wood, have an apartment, I think. And I've got the job like I don't foresee there being a huge pullback. But from week to week, guys, my stress level is through the roof. I'm not going to lie. So from week to week, it might be a little bit different, but I'm still here for you all. And you can still certainly expect episodes to come out every single Tuesday. So with that, folks, with that insane news, let's head on into Broadway grosses. Okay, I haven't mentioned it in a while, but I use broadwayworld.com for my Broadway grosses. The link is always down there in the description box, so if you want to be keeping track of these shows as well, uh, you're welcome to. And, uh, wow, I feel like I see, like, a little shock every single week, but this week, I'm shook. Lion King is one. We heard it before. Been had there. We know, okay? Number two is Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. They are on the heels of Lion King. They're about to push Mufasa off of the cliff. Ooh, yikes. The Demon Barber of Fleet Street would, though. But I would be, like, pretty hype if they got number one. That's exciting. But, yeah, Sweeney Todd is number two. Hamilton is three. MJ is four. Wicked is five. Funny Girl is six. Moulin Rouge is back at seven. Whoop, whoop. Aladdin is eight. Harry Potter is nine. New York, New York is ten. What? (gasps) This is good. Did the Tony nominations help them out? No way. Is New York, New York really 10? Yeah, they're 10. Parade is 11. And Juliet is 12. But okay, guys. So New York, New York, Parade, and and Juliet are all within like about $10,000 of each other. So that is literally nothing. But for New York, New York to be placed at 10th is really, really surprising because they got really bad reviews. They've been at like 15 and now they're at 10. So they've really bumped up. Wow. Some like it hot is low considering they got the most Tony nominations. They're quite a bit of ways down from there. And then to give you an idea, y'all are not going to like to hear this. Hades Town 
only grossed a little over half a million. They are one step above shucked. Not good, not good. Y'all go support Haiti Sound if you're scared of it going away. But wow, I am so shook that New York, New York is higher. And I'm happy because y'all know that I was like holding on to this show and I thought it was going to be a hit and it did not look like it was. So the fact that it's at 10, I'm like, oh, I got a little bit of validation. Maybe it won't suck as much as the reviews said that it would. All right. So that is our Broadway grosses. Let's head right on into our Broadway news of this week. I have a feeling y'all might have seen this and been like, oh, crap. What does this mean because that was my response so i want to give y'all a bit of a simplified version of what is going on with the tony awards so this week we got news that the tony awards will either be doing one of two things one they will postpone it and two they will have an untelevised small intimate ceremony no performances because why would you do that if it's untelevised just to award the shows and still hold the Tony Awards on June 11th. The reason for these decisions and this change is because of the writer's strike that is currently going on. So the writer's strike began on May 2nd. When I'm recording this, it's May 13th. I don't know if there's any end in sight. There's too many moving factors with the writing strike, but what you need to know is the writers are striking. They are unhappy, and the televised shows that use a lot of writers, i.e. SNL, late night, award shows are suffering and either being canceled or postponed. So let's dive into what this means if the Tony Awards were either untelevised with an intimate ceremony or um, postponed altogether. So I don't think that it's an option at this point for the Tonys just to be canceled. They're going to have something, which gives these shows a little bit of hope because Broadway really counts on the Tony Awards. It is a night, a televised night, that Broadway gets the most eyes that it ever will. If you remember back to our Rent episode, the producer Jeffrey Seller said, yeah, the movie of Rent wasn't a flop. Six million people saw it. It would take me years to get six million people to see my show on Broadway because the theaters are so small. So this night on Broadway, the Tony Awards, is the night where everybody can just publicize their show and with so many eyes on it and so many people acknowledge it and thus buy a ticket when they come to visit New York. Without that televised ceremony, people are not going to see the struggling shows that count on the Tony Awards. A lot of times musicals are just holding out hope that they'll get a Tony nomination so they get to perform a song for the awards ceremony. That way people get to see it, i.e. what we are about to talk about with and Juliet closing, they didn't get any nominations and announced their closing because had they got nominated for Best Musical, they would have gotten their time in the spotlight, which would have been great PR for their show, but they didn't. And so they're closing because there's pretty much no more hope. So shows like Kimberly Akimbo, Some Like It Hot, they are counting on the Tonys in order to fill their seats. These shows need the Tony Awards and they need this marketing. If the Tonys go untelevised and the shows don't get their marketing, That means that a lot of shows are probably going to have to close very soon, which means a lot of Broadway workers, cast and crew, actors, they're not going to be able to maintain their jobs and they're going to have to find a new job. It really is a awful cycle and a scary cycle. And I'm sure that a lot of people on Broadway right now are worried about their future. 
Option number two, of course, would simply be to postpone the Tony Awards. What this would mean is that the shows are still not gonna get the immediate PR that they need in order to fill seats, but it allows them some time to hold out hope, and hopefully once the writer's strike ends, then they will be able to host the Tonys the way that they originally had planned, and everybody will get their Tony nominations, the time on TV, and basically be able to market Broadway on a national stage. So hopefully, I'm hoping that they will postpone simply because one, I'm selfish and I would like to watch the Tony Awards. Please, please, please. I wanna see all of these shows perform desperately. I've gotta see Sweeney Todd and be able to watch it over and over again in reruns. I'm really curious to see Andrew Liet and Shucked. I just really hope that they will postpone and not resort to having a private ceremony. I don't know what that solves for anybody. I don't understand why they would consider that, but I, I, I forgot to say earlier, guys, we will have more news on Monday. This episode comes out on Tuesday. I'm recording this early. So by the time this episode comes out, we should have answers. I will talk about all of it next week. Don't worry. Back to the postponing talk, though. I don't know how long strikes typically hold out. Surely there's going to be some sort of limit. TV shows kind of need their writers in order to make any money at all. So um, pay your writers, please, and get them back. But at the same time, they're probably going to take some time to compromise on some sort of verdict here. So I'm not going to pretend that I know everything that's going on with that and the processes for that because I simply do not. However, even though I would like to have the Tonys come on June 11th in about a month, I would prefer in this scenario that they postpone. Postpone, put it on TV, let Broadway get their national viewership, let the Broadway productions perform on the stage and get their PR, I think that is the best solution for everybody here. Take it from me, Lindsay Stone from the mezzanine. So I'm just trying to bring a little light to the subject because I'm sure a lot of us were pretty worried whenever we saw that their uh, request got denied and the Tony Awards are essentially completely up in the air. But like I said, we'll have more news on Monday. They should have a final decision. So looking forward to that. Please just postpone it. Give it a month. It's fine. We did it in COVID. Just push it and we'll make it happen eventually. Let's move on to our next news story, shall we? Something that I think everybody saw coming. Uh, yeah, we got word this week that Bad Cinderella is closing. My heart is with the cast and crew. I know it's probably pretty gut-wrenching to find out that your show is closing. So my well wishes to y'all and I'm sorry, but... Ugh, they did all that they could to keep this show on. And I think we're all pretty shook that it didn't leave sooner because nobody was rooting for this show except the marketers. Big props to the marketing department because you single-handedly made me like this show. I didn't go and see it, but if I would have seen maybe like one or two more like killer marketing campaigns, maybe I would have. I was really impressed with a lot of their marketing campaigns. They really adopted the, I'm not your Cinderella, I'm your bad Cinderella, and just kind of twisted it and threw it on its head and made it their own, and I loved that. But like I was just saying, the Tonys hold a lot, a lot of power, and Bad Cinderella didn't get a single nomination. Not even for book, not for costumes, not Lena DiGeneo, their star, and not the very well-beloved Carolee Carmella, who I thought like everybody was obsessed with. No one was nominated, which is insane for an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. And so I think that had a huge hand in why they closed this week. So upon Bad Cinderella's closing, they will have played 85 performances 
and they will finally be closing their doors on June 4th. So if you want to go support this show, make sure you do so before June 4th. They're big goodbye to Broadway. And uh, I want to have a serious conversation about our lessons learned here. I think from Bad Cinderella and from New York, New York, we can certainly learn that every single show needs an off-Broadway run. What are we doing? We see one big name, Andrew Lloyd Webber, or in the case of New York, New York, we've got Kandra and Ed and Lin-Manuel Miranda, and we're like, it's a hit, it'll sell, throw it up there. Without any stars in it, we don't have any celebrities or stunt castings, and they just expect that it's going to be a hit. Even after Bad Cinderella played in London and did just okay, they decided, okay, yeah, let's bring it to Broadway, no off-Broadway tryout, throw it on the stage, and, and it'll do great because it's an original Andrew Lloyd Webber musical. People will come. Uh, yeah, I think we've learned that it doesn't work that way, so let's please just stop. Why are we doing this? You never know what is going to work out on Broadway. You can run something in London and it be a hit and you bring it to Broadway and it flops or vice versa. We've seen that with Legally Blonde. Didn't do too hot over here, killed the game on the West End and vice versa. I don't know why we don't do off-Broadway tryouts, but I guess because they just have so much money invested and they've got plenty in the docket, they're like, go ahead and throw it on a stage. We don't need to do a tryout. But it's just silly, guys. Like, use your brain, do an off-Broadway tryout, and don't just plop it on a stage in Broadway and hope that your marketing can fill seats. Because guess what? It's not that simple. It's not that easy. People and audiences are tricky. They're hard to please. And if you're just going to put something on Broadway that's familiar, Cinderella or New York, New York, that doesn't mean that people are just going to go. Period. You got to have great actors. You got to have a great book. You got to have the whole shebang. And if you don't have that, you would have learned that you didn't have that in an off-Broadway tryout and gone and workshopped it and then put it on a stage. Just because you have the money to do it does not mean that you should. Thank you for letting me stand on my soapbox for so long. But I think we have learned a very, very, very valuable lesson today. And we need to take this knowledge and go forth and prosper with our future Broadway shows. Have an off-Broadway tryout. Take the feedback, learn from it, and bring it to Broadway later. It is beneficial for everybody, and maybe that way you'll get to play a few more than 85 performances. Thank you, and good night. <laughs>